Hello, and you are very welcome back to the Public Eye Business Podcast brought to you by Granite Exchange. I'm your host, Sarah Travers, and throughout the series, I'm speaking with local entrepreneurs and business owners to learn more about how their companies have come to be, to gain insight into their growth, and find out how they continue to innovate. So wherever you get your podcasts from, remember to keep an eye out for all new episodes and subscribe to stay up to date. Today I'm joined by Rachel Harriet, owner of Harriet Communications. How are you, Rachel? Hello, Sarah. I'm really well. It's good to see you. It's really good to see you as always. So as usual, Rachel, we do a little bit of background uh, for all of our listeners today on you and your business. So uh, as I said, Harriet Communications is owned and managed by independent communications and public relations consultant Rachel Harriet. Rachel has over 20 years experience working with a range of clients across a wide range of sectors too. She's also got a wealth of experience providing strategic and tactical communications advice to some of the world's, the UK and Ireland's leading brands, businesses and organisations. So Harriet Communications offers a unique service in that they build bespoke teams to suit your requirements. Whether it's an individual or a team, Harriet Communications can build what you need to deliver results. Rachel and Harriet Communications have a fantastic network of associates working alongside them. Their network includes PR, marketing, design, advertising, digital marketing, photography, video, social media, event management and media training. So really a one-stop shop. Rachel is also a member of the Chartered Institute of Public Relations. Yep. That's quite an intro. It is quite an <laughs> intro. And who is that person, Sarah? <laughs> Most people sit there and go, oh, right, is that is that me? Um, you've been doing this for a while, Rachel. Mm. I know our paths have crossed um, and we go back, well, way back. I first remember you when you were working for the National Trust. I know. And those beautiful sand dunes up in Port Stewart. We did a lovely children. shoot when my children were small and they're now 26 and 20. So Unbelievable. That was a beautiful day. And yes, our paths have crossed in lots of various lots sectors. Of so recently with our, our friends at the Construction Industry Training Board as well. So it's good to be here. And it's really interesting to be this being here <laughs> talking about me because I'm so comfortable talking about my clients and other people but when it comes to talking about yourself you get a little bit (laughs) this is something that's been keeping you awake at night a little bit it's just different you're not used to your as you say you're used to doing this for other people but I'm gonna have to ask you questions about you and your business talking about me is it come is a strange place it is because it is always it's not a for what I do it's about other people it's about my clients it's not about me so this will be interesting it will indeed and you've got some incredible clients you do work with the top people and the top businesses out there but I suppose let's find out a little bit about you where were you born where did you grow up what's your background I'm Belfast born and bred um and came from the most amazing family supportive family um mum Mum Terry, who's no longer with us, um, she passed away twenty years ago, and um, Daddy, who's still very much with us mm-hmm. and a real a guardian angel, we call him, oh. um, and my big brother Mark, who has his own business, um, he runs an ele- electrical business. So you could say there's there's definitely um, running your own business and and being freelance is something that has 
always run throughout my family. My brother works for himself. My mum was an entrepreneur and probably an inspired and has been an inspiration for for everything that I that I've done in life and and the chosen pathway of, of working for myself. But um I suppose so yes, um I wanted to ask you a bit about your mum yes. because she you know, she is no longer with us, but she sounded like the most wonderful lady and that entrepreneurial spirit really started with her. Tell us about her because mm. we're here in Newry and yeah. she definitely had connections to Newry. She definitely, she did indeed. So, so mummy's career path, um, she started out in the 70s. So you're, you're talking about a, a young woman who was forging a, a career for herself in a very, very difficult period of time in Northern Ireland so 60s and 70s um, and she was very very forward thinking she wanted to be a, a window dresser so she was a window dresser so art was her passion um, brought her portfolio to CNA, CNA saw this talent about we're going to train train this kid, sent her over to London oh very young goodness. age, trained her as a window dresser, came back, trained uh, in CNA um, and, and did all the displays um, in Belfast and she had, her, the story goes uh, whenever she was expecting me that was the time that she felt right I'm going to become a, a freelance window dresser so this took her all over um, Ireland so she would have done a lot of window displays here in Newry, Dublin, Derry right across the place. Um, so you grew up with this mum that you totally respected and revered but she she was away she was working she was doing things 100% um I, I mean we would have been from a very young age I remember standing in windows helping to dress when windows I was about like six or seven and you get people coming up and wrapping the window and they're going you've got a child in there and she's like dressing <laughs> this mannequin but it's just but also it was the this was the natural groove of actually knowing how to dismantle a mannequin from a young age and being able to dress it up and dress it down, um, and that that was great. Um, and I had, I suppose, that created a real bond between myself and my mum. And mummy was very good at um, encouraging my love for theatre as well um, and singing. And she has a story about me from a very young age turning down the radio and singing to her. And she was, you can sing. Um, I don't do that now, mind you. <laughs> but you did. Did you do that a lot as a young person? Uh, oh, yes. So Of course you're still young, but you know what I mean. Of course yeah, a child. I, I sound 10, but believe me, I don't <laughs> look 10. Um, yes, theatre was a, a, and was a big, big thing for me when I was growing up. And then mummy really enjoyed theatre as well and, and encouraged me down that pathway. Um, but it's funny because... That's what I wanted from a young age. I wanted to work in theatre. That was my first passion before public relations. Um, but then it's just the way life goes. You take a different path. And um, I discovered that public relations was something that I wanted to do. But it's funny because it's, it's come full circle because now um, I, I do a lot of work in theatre. And Lyric Theatre in Belfast is one of my clients. Ah. And it, it's such a joy to be able to tap into something that gave me a lot of, you know, joy and pleasure when I was younger. And your daughter Evie now, she's really into the theatre. Oh, big time. So we're heading over to London on my birthday in the next couple of weeks. So it's Hamilton and Cabaret. Oh, I saw Hamilton uh, last year. It's unbelievable. So that's great. So you're, you've that bond continues and a huge loss, I suppose, to lose um, your mum at such a young age. It, it was... Um, 
very difficult, very challenging because I just had my son Jake and he was five months old and and her death, it was totally unexpected. So having to deal with, um, I, I suppose, a, it, it was a sudden death, but in terms she had cancer. Um, but we didn't know she had cancer and oh. she was, that she was going through this. But um, she, at the time of her death, uh, she had a, another business. It was a doll's business, a doll business called Amelia's Friends, and she'd been talent scouted by the QVC channel, and she was selling her dolls there. And I was actually helping her make the dolls at the time as well. Oh. So we had a little bit of a workshop in the house, putting little pantaloons on and stitching. Um, buttons and getting them all dressed and putting them in the boxes and I helped her with the story of how she discovered that she wanted to make these dolls so there's that pattern and of did she storytelling. Get to QVC? She did indeed so she went to Philadelphia she was oh. out there quite a few times and I was out with her as well this was around about oh. 19, 1998 so I went out to um there was a whole Irish um, contingency that had gone out for St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. And they had a, a, a massive party in the reception area and all these traders were there. And it was, what an experience. And you were discovering all these stories of all these businesses right across Ireland. Uh, some and that was probably pretty novel back at those, uh, maybe the first time that we were, uh, we were having these uh, trade fairs in the States showing people from the island of Ireland. Incredible. But that was mum. That oh. was her her on her drive to to create something and to actually and be proud from being real, from Northern Ireland a as real well. Trailblazer oh, uh, different to maybe your other friends' mums. Uh you yes yes and no. Um I know at the time of when she did pass Someone had commented to me that her funeral, they'd never seen so many women at her funeral, or women at a funeral. It was just, it was huge. Mm -hmm. And the amount of women that were saying to me, just how much my mum inspired them. Uh, uh, Very emotional, but you know, that uh, inspiration obviously led you to be creative all of your life. Um, Tell us though how the PR journey began. So I... I didn't, at the time it was introduced to me, I had no clue what it was. I mean, even in the the mid-90s, it was still uh, a a young, growing, blossoming industry. And it wasn't maybe something you would have heard of here in Northern Ireland. It was always something that you need to go to London for that. You need to go to New York for that. So I was at a bit of a crossroads in my A-level year. I knew that I still... Theatre was always my passion and that was the direction of travel and I wanted to go to university to study theatre. Um, but that wasn't to be and that's just that's just part of the journey. That's the way it goes. And I was a bit of a crossroads and I was thinking, well, what am I going to do? Uh, what am I going to do? So in school, um, I went to St. Louise's um, in West Belfast and the, the teachers there at that time, incredibly supportive. The careers advice was amazing. And I sat down with the teacher and they actually had said to me, do you know, I think you would be very good at public relations. Gosh, and good went, careers advice. Went, what is public? What is it? And they gave me a leaflet for the university that I attended. At that time, it was called Trinity and All Saints in Leeds. It's now called uh, Trinity University. And... I went, right, okay, I'm going to give this a shot. So uh, my degree was uh, communication and cultural studies 
with public media, but within public media, you could pick uh, modules and all my modules were public relations. But it's funny, Sarah, because even in, in that era of the mid 90s, Ad Fab was very popular mm-hmm. and you were looking at uh, Patsy and Adina and thinking, is this what public relations yeah. is all about? <laughs> um, and even now, the, the, the film that they had with Kate Moss. And it, I, I love that because that, that's the side. It, it, it's funny because um, that's really not what it's like. Was it ever like that a little bit? Maybe in the eighties, nineties. Um, po- it it depends mm. on who your clients are. I suppose mm. at the end of the day, it's who who are you representing? If you're in the fashion industry, um, I'm not saying that it's like that. Um, rubbing shoulders with celebrities all the time and quaffing champagne. I wish, I wish, I wish I was doing that. Sarah. I know what you do every day. Oh yes, every day. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I went along, did my degree, um, and. I knew, I knew from pretty early days that public relations was definitely where I wanted to go. And luckily within the degree, uh, you had the opportunity to have work placements to give you a little bit of a, an outing than what you wanted to do to see if that was the direction of travel. It, but funny enough, even though I was out in Leeds, my heart was always at home. So all my work placements were all back in Northern Ireland and... Um, and then all the way through my degree, I kept on thinking, London, London, London. That's where I need to need be. need to go to London. I need to do this. And then it started, to, a big dawning on me was actually, no, the talent is, there's talent and people that I can learn from here in Northern Ireland. So I was coming back. And it was a good time, though, to be coming back to Northern Ireland. You know, thing, the troubles were, were ending with bit more stability yeah. yeah so we were a little bit behind everywhere else but it was a good you were probably there at the right time 100 percent, sir and it's funny because we've just um marked the 25th anniversary of the good friday mm-hmm. agreement and i remember saying to uni friends we were watching it all unfold on the tv and people were going oh my god rachel this is amazing because i would have got asked an awful lot about northern ireland what's it like to live here because we were still in that that very tumultuous mm-hmm. period, and um, so what years were you at uni? Um, nineteen ninety five to nineteen ninety eight. Mm-hmm. So the Good Friday Agreement was, was signed happening. when I when I finished, and I always said if we had that, if we if that if the Good Friday Agreement, because it was really touch and go whether or not that was going to happen, and I I said to my mum, if if that happens, I'm coming home. Yeah, Aww. and it did happen. And how wonderful mm-hmm. it has been. I don't know if you've been watching the series uh, at the minute. Once, Hearing once a lot upon of a time it. in Northern Ireland. Then, yeah. Gosh, we've come so far. Um, and I had a very similar journey to you. And I went to uni and studied journalism. Your course was one of my choices. Um, but I, I picked the broadcast journalism course in Nottingham, Trent University. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was a little bit before you. So I was still coming back and we hadn't quite reached peace. But yeah, it was an interesting time to be. There was like a, a, a phoenix rising feeling. A hundred percent, sir. Because even though I'd, I'd gone to Leeds, I, my heart was always here. And just, I, the ta- you knew this place was brimming with talent. I, mean, I used to tell people about um, all the places that you can visit here, um, the artists that were here, the creatives that were here. And people were quite surprised at that. Mm-hmm. And because... They were they were getting fed a different story, yeah. um, but but I knew this place was special, and 
home is always where the heart is and, I, and I'm glad I made the decision come home to come home because with mum passing so quickly I had those couple of years with her mm-hmm. um, and then I was starting to to look around I had my degree um, where do I go here where do I find the public the connections to start building my career in public relations mummy was very keen that I stayed within her business Amelia's friends and helped build that but I suppose I'm too much of a mummy's daughter. It was like, you know, I want to have something of my own. Okay. I want to build something of my own. And my mum respected that. And she was like, I get that. Yeah. Because yeah. that, that's the kind of place that I come from. So I, and ch- just to think back, uh, you know, my career trajectory where, where I've been. So I've worked in, you know, agencies, um, PR agencies. I mean, the, my very first PR agency um, was a place called Life Communications, and that was what a tremendous way to start your career with some amazing people um, who are st- who I'm still in contact with today. But then it moved through to other agencies, into charity, into tourism, and just. The more and more I was moving around and moving in different circles, I could start to see a need for um, having a, a toolkit, a way of um, providing a PR service, but across a multitude of sectors. So it, it's a transferable skill. So you don't have to just be specialist in certain areas. Yes, there are people who do specialise, but that toolkit that you have can easily transfer across um were you always were you always self-employed or did you work for people oh no I worked for people um so funny enough going back and connecting into the story with mommy when when I was expecting my daughter that's when I realized I'm ready for this I'm ready It, it took a little bit of time to get the confidence yes, to go, I can and the actually experience and the contacts and all of that. A hundred percent. So you do get to a stage where you go, actually, I can do this. But it's having that confidence and belief in yourself to go, let's do this. Let's let's give it a go. And it, it is a scary thing to do. Actually, you know, stepping out on your own and just starting from scratch mm-hmm. and going. Right, this is it. It's huge, really. You're leaving the salary, the pension, all of the perks. But what did it bring to your life? It is it is the most rewarding experience working for yourself. You are I always felt that as a public relations practitioner I wanted to bring solutions to people who who were maybe struggling with well where do I go with this, you know, and show them how public relations but not just that, communications as a tool can help you build, can help you develop. And it's there's nothing as satisfying as when people when the when the penny drops and people actually see the benefit of it and how it's going to help them grow and, and develop and being being the person to do that gives me a great sense of satisfaction and I always say it's not about me it's about clients it's what I can bring to the table to help people so what do you bring to the table talk us through the process if you like oh am I gonna have to give away trade secrets here Sarah I'm just wondering (laughs) because I mean you are so successful and the thing is you you came from the industry so you had that sort of experience and and the big names that you worked for whenever you were, were talking to people. Did you find that the clients kind of were all there queuing up or did you have to work hard to get them? You had to work hard. It's a very competitive industry. There's so many 
great people out there. Um, but it's finding your unique selling point. And I mean, at the end of the day, people are buying into me, the personality that I can bring to the table, but also, you know, I'm fun to work with, but also it's about the hard work that goes behind that and the structure behind that and guiding people and giving people a sense of, I feel comfortable. Um, and and that there's a two-way flow of talking about a project that if something's not going right, you say something's yes. not going uh-huh. right. Um, but they are able to lift the phone to me straight away and have those kind of conversations um, at, at, at any time of the day. But it, it's working in partnership and it's about listening and it's about um, having that care. And I think as well, that's what I bring to the table. I, I care a lot about my clients and I care as much as they do and about what they selective? do. Are you Do you have to be really passionate about what they're doing? I know you've said that the skills and the toolkit is transferable, but, you know, if you're if you're working with a sector, you think, mm. gosh... I don't really get this, but others that make you just light up inside, you know, those? That's a really good question. Um, I'm just a real advocate for communications as a foundation of everything. If you get good communicate, if you've got a strong communication strategy, it'll take anyone, any business, anywhere. And does it help if they've got a good culture, if there's a good brand already, or do you like them from scratch? Bit of both, yeah. Bit of both. I like the challenge of helping to build it up, and but then people who are who have been doing it for a long time, then people sort of get set in their ways. So that's a challenge as well to try and open people up to new ways of thinking, mm-hmm. um, because that's their baby too, and they're they're passionate about what they do. And who do how do they? Yeah, yeah. And you don't yeah. want to relinquish control. Yeah. we've always done it this way. Yeah. And so, so going <laughs> yeah. back to what are the different services then that you can offer to? Uh, clients well I think I, I I do actually think you you're a bit of a um a psychologist at first because when you're sitting and you're having that conversation with the clients um it's all about getting under the skin and about being that added bolt on so I suppose that's another unique selling point of, of my business is that we become that added part um of what they do so I try and get people to think about the business as another part of their team that we're we're not an outside entity coming in we're coming in to be part, part of, of your business team. and help to extend that so you're really immersing yourself a hundred percent really getting in under skin and also going back to that point of caring we care about their business as much as we care about what we can bring to the table i think that's so important and also and i can vouch for that i can <laughs> see that you do that i mean you live eat sleep breathe you would think that you were a member of the team and not somebody brought in from yeah outside. yes a hundred percent and I think that that's that's so important and I hope if you know if mommy's wherever she may be whatever that she's looking down and going that's my girl you know because it is it's important to and I think it's important to be authentic as well and be and be transparent and honest and and they're all attributes that have come through my mum um, PR has always been your passion and mm. there are many other people now it's become you know a very busy, mar- busy marketplace yes. at the minute hasn't yes. it so there's oh, a lot yes. of competition out there and yes. also PR has transformed I mean yes it's about storytelling fundamentally but it's transformed with the digital 
age, hasn't it? And that's been one of the big challenges for me. I mean, I, I came in, in in the 90s and I've travelled that route of that traditional route of public relations. It's funny, I was I was talking to someone earlier on and I, I remember sitting in uh, the office of Life Communications getting the photographs and you had to wait for the photograph mm. to be printed after the event and you sat there waiting. You didn't do anything. It was actually easier. It <laughs> came in, you typed up your caption you cut out, you stuck it on the back and you posted it to you the picture not. editor. Fax machines. Yes, you had to fax the press you cut release. It out and stuck it. You literally cut and paste. Cut and paste. That, that, but this was, um, I mean, that sounds so medieval now, doesn't it? it really <laughs> and now does. you're sitting at events and it's like live Twitter. I mean, the Everything. done and dusted as soon as it's over. A hundred percent. It's is that better or is it stressful? More it, stressful? Uh, I like it. Right. I do like it um, and the, the speed of it because I, I work at speed mm-hmm. as well and I, and I really do in, enjoy that. But the challenges that social media brings to the table for, for brands and for clients as well, that's a whole different ball game from what we were um, dealing with back in um, the 90s and the, and the early noughties. And did you embrace it fully straight away? 100%. Yeah. 100%. I'm a massive advocate of learning. Um, con- CPD, continuous professional development all the time and even during COVID um, I knew that digital communications was something that I really needed to sharpen the pencil on so I did a diploma. Did you? Of course did. you did. Of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> I did a diploma with the Chartered Institute of Public Relations who are a really great body in, in, in helping uh, professionals to, to develop and I'm delighted that I did that during COVID. Um, and professional freelancers as well so you do, yeah. you're not maybe getting sent on the training course by the company you have to go and find it yourself so you there are places to always get that help and support. Yeah. This podcast is sponsored by Granite Legal Services a niche business law practice located in the heart of Newry City. We provide legal advice and representation to individuals and companies alike across a wide range of industries on an assortment of legal matters which can affect a business such as corporate, commercial, employment, dispute resolution, regulatory and compliance. We focus on providing legally sound, commercial and practical advice to our clients. To get in touch, contact 02830 262200 or visit www.granitelegalservices.co.uk to find out more about the firm and our services. If there's anyone listening to this now that um, maybe has a son or a daughter wanting to get into the PR industry or they want to get into it themselves, what advice would you give? What tips? Um, Research, research. You've got to really understand the. And there's so many different facets to public relations, as we were, as we discussed earlier on. Um, listen, learn, um, and just get as much information as you possibly can uh, about the industry. So, um, what kind of warnings would you give? Be prepared to work hard. Um, but I suppose that's coming from a place of being a, you know, someone who runs their own business. Um, it, it's it's hard work, and yes, that competitiveness as well. Um, you know, 
were how do you make yourself stand out particularly if you're going for a job interview Mm -hmm. so how are you going to be able to what personality and what skill can you bring to the table that's going to set you aside from everybody else and it's also not to be fearful about being yourself Mm -hmm. and there's that wonderful saying of uh, be yourself everybody else is taken Mm -hmm. you know and I think that's if you have your own stamp and your own approach and your own flair and your own style that will take you places you don't even know exist that you don't (laughs) even know exist but you know it is difficult too because uh, when you're on your own you have to keep believing in yourself don't you you have to keep bigging yourself up celebrating the wins because you know it's become a crowded marketplace and then we saw during covid the rise of the influencer and the the person who didn't come from the pr background but actually is doing an okay job and you know has is 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 advertising all of these brands and products and then those that were existing or you know existed already or established you think who are these people um, is that hard <laughs> do you like embrace it I embrace it I embrace change I embrace things I embrace things that are good Sarah mm-hmm. if it, if do you it's work good. alongside influencers mm-hmm, I do yeah. indeed um, and again I suppose there's still that element of um, the traditional side of me going well what is the right fit at the end of the day it's mm-hmm. things will move and change but uh, but it's always about going back to the bottom line. Is it the right fit? Um, how do you engage with them? It's it, it's that kind of approach. So yes, I, I say change is great. Um, and it's all about does, does it fit the strategy? Is it right for your client? Um, it all goes back to um, it's knowing your landscape and doing your research. And, uh, you know, we were talking about those that wanted to maybe start that PR career. So, you know, there are a few challenges, but it's it's hugely rewarding as well. It, it's amazing. It's when an it amazing, goes well. Yeah, it's an, an amazing industry. And, and, and just to go back to the point that you were making there about, you know, be, working for yourself can be very rewarding. It can be a very terribly lonely place as well. So I always think the, the mental health and well-being is very, very important, which is which is why I surround myself with people that I can talk to um, and bounce things off. And, um, and that is so important. And it's really important to take time out too. Because it because you are so... And I suppose I'm talking here and you, you can probably sense the passion that I have. And, um, I, and I don't hide that. I might, why should I? If I enjoy something that I do mm-hmm. and, I, and I'm proud of it, I'm... I'm going to be passionate. Of course, some people sort of go, "Ooh, you're you're a bit passionate there." <laughs> but why, it's just different but, personality but, types. You're super enthusiastic uh, about everything that you do. You give it the hundred percent because it's coming from a place of of honesty yeah. and, and and care, and 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 why not show that? So, um, but yes, you. It is so important that you check in on on your mental health and well-being, not just even being on, uh, in your own, but just generally, because the the industry is, it's fast-paced, it's competitive, and all of that is amazing, but all of that also can be very stressful of course and you know we're seeing more and more people in the public eye and maybe in business that just need to take time out from time to time and there's nothing wrong with that exactly I mean that that's coming from a place of strength when you realize that you have to go right I just need to just push back and just take about 
you know, a couple of days out mm-hmm. and then you recharge and then you're ready to go again. Well, you're just stimu- overstimulated now all the time, you know, social yeah. media, you never switch off. And especially when you're self-employed, I think it can become completely overwhelming. And that's the thing about social media, because you get clients to me saying, where did, where did you get that from? Where did you find that? And I'm going, well, I'm on all 24, <laughs> oh, yeah. looking in different things, seeing, you know, what's going on in the world. It, yeah, And so. it's hard because you have to do that for your clients. But, you know, what's the worst thing that would happen if you said, oh, I missed that. Sorry, I must go and check out, check it out. Have you got to that place in your head where it's, that's OK if I came to a wee bit late to the party? hundred percent. Why not? Just be honest. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Just always be honest because, you know, nobody died here. It's yeah, OK. Exactly. And do you have to advertise to get work still? Well, how do you do that? You know, it's, it's interesting because it's, it's a real mixed bag for me. Um, a lot of my work's word of mouth. Um, and and also because I'm so old. <laughs> oh, stop it. Well, then, if you're so old, I'm <laughs> decrepit. Um, if you do a good job, uh, people talk. Um, which is great, but also I find Google Business incredible. Oh. Um, a lot of people find me through there, um, and through the reviews that have been left, um, on my Google Business. Is that any wonder? I mean, just talk us through, you know, some of the businesses that you've worked with over the years and the projects and campaigns that you're most proud of. My goodness, we better extend this by half an hour. <laughs> oh, that there. And I, I don't want to leave anybody out. I know, um, but well, I suppose pick, pick a couple. I suppose. Looking looking during COVID and what happened during COVID, because that was very scary um, for my business, because one moment you were sitting surrounded by people working on campaigns and the next thing, the world just closed down. So all the work that I had disappeared oh. overnight. All the events, all the campaigns. Everything, everything. And I sat at home and went, oh. Right. All of that. Okay. Let's take a deep breath and just write crisis communications in action uh, for my business. Um, and I just I decided, right, that's where the diploma came in for the digital communications. Right, well, look, if there's not going to be, this is a good time to retrain mm-hmm. um, and look at what, have a look at my business and go, well, what word I need to grow? Uh, what am I, word I need to sharpen my pencil? So COVID... A horrible, horrible time for everybody. Um, that's where I just decided, right? I'm, I'm going to, to, to train up. Yeah. Um, and then there were certain, then other businesses. While everyone sort of regrouped and were after sort of the whole close down, it was then businesses were coming back and going, but look, we need to keep our voices alive during this time. How do we reach our audiences, even though that we can't physically see them? Yeah where do we go so this is where you started to see uh, a lot of digital um, everybody went on digital to reach out so you've got you had artists um singing f- online and, right. and there you had joe wicks doing his um, exercise. all his exercises nearly killed me yeah. <laughs> uh, so i uh, i was working with um the construction industry training board and the lyric theater as well um, during those times so the lyric did a lot of their content went online um, to give people the opportunity to see shows that they wouldn't have had the opportunity to see oh my goodness um, so uh, and that get was to, you 
Well, that was the lyric. Um, I'm only as good as what my clients do. Oh. Um, so the the lyric had uh, had the lyric online. Yeah, um, that was so fabulous. It, it was I didn't realize that right. Uh, they are an amazing team, um, headed up by an amazing lady called Claire Murray, and and the awesomeness of this Jimmy Fay as well. And how lucky and how privileged am I? To have the opportunity to work with with that team, um, everybody they they've been, they were amazing, and the same with the construction industry training board. So again, we went into what do we need to do to keep people, um, because at the end of the day, we knew that at some stage we would be coming out of COVID and coming out of lockdown. So um, preparedness getting yourself ready, taking that time out to skill, reskill, look at um, how does your business manoeuvre through this and what do we need to do to get when we get out to the other side. Yeah. So again, training. So train people, a lot of people were, were training, you know, That's during right. during that time and including myself. Um, and, 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 you know, there were some wobbly moments, you know, that, that was a very, very tricky period for us all. But we got there and we came out the other side and, and lucky for me, I'm still working with the Lyric Theatre. Lucky for me, I'm still working with the Construction Industry Training Board and then new clients have come on board. So the, the wonderful um, Castle Espy, um, I've just enjoyed Beautiful dis- dis- rediscovering the beauty of Strangford Lock and the work that the volunteers and the team do there. And it's what, a, what an asset um, WWT um, Castle Espy is. And then, you know, see, this is the thing, Sarah, this is where you start to go, am I going to miss Who do I work else? with? I know, who do I work with? <laughs> What's my um, name? And, and then again, working with people like the, the wonderful um, Donal O'Connor um, on Belfast Tradfest and, and Belfast Whiskey Week. And and, and of course, the, the amazing time at the Eastside um, Partnership, the Eastside Arts Festival. Yeah. So I'm very... Sarah, I don't take this for granted and it all has come from a place of of a lot of hard work. I mean, I didn't get here overnight. This is hard work, hard graft, times of when you do question yourself, you know, am I I good enough? But that spurs you on to go, actually, you know, I I am good and I can do this and... um, Success for me is is when my client, when my clients, when I see them happy, I know. and when I know that they are, um, that people are talking about them because mm-hmm. this is not about me. I'm only as good as my clients because I'm representing them Absolutely. and what they're bringing to the table. And I'm so so lucky. I'm so blessed, and I'm very grateful. And if you could work with any brand in the world, apart from your fabulous brands you're working with already, who would it be and why? I just, I, as, that's just the thing, Sarah. I'm really you're doing it. I'm doing it. You're living the dream. I'm, I'm living the dream. <laughs> um, nor, I said at the very top of the conversation, my passion is my home, this place that I come from. I'm I'm very proud to be from Northern Ireland and just anything that is connected with promoting this place, the people from here, that that would fill my heart with joy. And I do get the opportunity to do that. Um I'm also working with a, a tourism cluster called Lock and Chalin um, tourism cluster as well. And just uh there's there's some gems there that I did not know about, which is incredible considering I, I, I 
I have worked in the tourism sector, but that's what's amazing about Northern Ireland. You are, you think you know it, and then you're unpacking this. Lots of entrepreneurs. There's so many entrepreneurs in, in this small place that we call home that it absolutely blows my mind. And you're, you're talking around all different sectors. I mean, some of the TikTokers from here, I'm just... My son would tell me he's 21 and he's doing international business studies at the moment in, at uh, Northumbria University. And he would say to me, what about this talk, this TikToker? And I'm really glad that he keeps me, you know... Keeps you young. He keeps keeps you me young. Tune. And I'm going, right, well, let me see this. And I'm going, oh, my goodness. these And these, these are young people mm-hmm. from Northern Ireland with incredible amount of reach making content that is just on a par with anybody, any other um, TikToker around the world. And that makes me so proud. Th- th- this place is just awesome, isn't it? Yeah, it totally <laughs> is. Yeah, Northern Irish and proud. I love it. <laughs> so what's the Rachel Harriet out of work like? Do you get any downtime? Tell me about the home life. Um, yes, I do indeed. And thank goodness I have a very supportive uh, patient husband um, who really helps me unwind and takes me to a calmer place. Um, What's his name? Craig. Oh. And he enjoy he enjoys gardening, and I I'm actually starting to really get into that. Um, I've and I've been taking a lot of photographs. I I shouldn't be saying this, but I've been taking a lot of photographs of our uh, our plants and the gorgeous flowers and putting them up on my Facebook. It's actually Craig that's doing all the work, and I think <laughs> people think it's me. I'm like, yeah, just it's the beautiful. But take the glory, mm. um, and and our gorgeous dog Milo as well, who was again a saviour during um during lockdown, and also went because I'm working from home mainly at the moment. Um, our our loyal chocolate lab, who we who we love taking out on walks and and things like that. So just family time and that. Downtime, the decompression is really, really important because it's all part of that uh, that health and well being. And 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 my husband is a very, very relaxed, chilled out guy. And thank goodness that that I have that uh, personality just to you know calm things down a bit. Um, so and they equally, say opposites attract. Chalk and cheese, yes, <laughs> um, and equally. I'm, he really gets that. He enjoys that that buzz and that sense of you know all the things that I'm doing. And then he, he I, th- I think he just looks at me and goes, "How do you do all of this?" Um, and it's just coming from a place of if you love what you do, it'll never be work. Pride, I love it. <laughs> um, Rachel, we've near the end of of the podcast, and as we always ask every guest in here, we have a final question about the purpose, I suppose, and to inspire existing business owners and those ambitious entrepreneurs out there to grow their business by offering an insight into the success of businesses such as your own Harriet Communications. What advice would you give to people who may have a business idea but have no idea where to begin or are unsure as to whether the risk is worth taking? Don't even, if if you've got an idea, don't even second guess it. Just go for it. Have belief in yourself. We only pass through here once. You've got one opportunity. Just grab everything and just go for it. 
And there we'll leave it. Rachel Harriet, what a lovely guest you've been. Thank you so much for joining me in the Public Eye podcast studio. Um, You can also tune in to another edition of the Public Eye podcast. Our next guest coming in is James Nicholson, Managing Director of JN Wines. That's going to be a good one. Thank you. Bye-bye. This podcast was recorded in Granite Podcast Studio. Interested in starting up your own podcast but don't know how? Granite Podcast Studio can help. Record your podcast in our state-of-the-art studio, which is based in the heart of Newry City. Our studio has cutting-edge and user-friendly technology and can seat up to four people. We also provide an editing service for our team using your guidance and editing notes to provide you with a flawless finished product, leaving your listeners wanting more. For more information on how you can get started, visit www.granitepodcaststudio.com.